Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 485. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rickshaw. Hey, Kevin. Hello. Hi. This, this week on the show, we'll be reviewing They Clone Tyrone, which is out now on Netflix. We'll also be going over some more watching on the watch list and this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, please remember to uh, review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That'd be great. New Save by the 90s is going to be dropping very soon. Uh, it is in the can. I'm uh, working on the edit right now. It, it's transit movies this week or this month. We've got, we've got planes. we got trains. we got submarines. We've got everything. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about uh, They Clone Tyrone. Uh, this is directed by Jewel Taylor. I have a synopsis here. A, a series of eerie events thrusts an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy in this pulpy mystery caper. Uh, Kevin, we'll start it with you. What were your initial impressions of They Cloned Tyrone? Man, I didn't know anything about this movie going into it. And... This was quite the surprise. You know, I there was a bit of trepidation going into this, but being a Netflix movie and all, it's just like, uh, yeah, we'll see. But man, th- this is fun as hell. Mm-hmm. Thoroughly enjoyed this. This is, is just, it's funny. It's got a great premise, great world building. And even with it being like two hours long, I thought the pacing was pretty, pretty phenomenal. I mean, that runtime got me a little worried. Again, it being a Netflix movie and all, which is like, man, Netflix doesn't know what they're doing here. (laughs) But, like, everything just worked in this. Jamie Foxx is just just exceptional in this movie. His character, I had so much fun because of him. I feel like Jamie Foxx is... is, uh, He's having some really interesting roles. He was in... Uh, God is a bullet, which I'll talk about during the watchlist segment. But his character in that was very interesting as well, and he was excellent in that movie as well as as this one too. His character was it was definitely more fun in this one. He was playing Slick Charles, the pimp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this movie's great. It, it's it's very funny it's incredibly entertaining it is very pulpy i'm glad that they mentioned that in the in the actual synopsis which uh i i liked a lot it it doesn't it, it's it's funny but it doesn't get too stupid it still manages to be very cool you have john boyega in here as fontaine he's a drug dealer and i thought he was excellent in this mm-hmm. um he now he's one of the people who uh turns out to be a clone and that's like a whole thing with this with this movie um and then you have uh teona paris as yo-yo she's great too she plays a prostitute mm-hmm. she's also very very funny in this movie yes she's yes she's really funny in this um <laughs> i'm trying to remember I, I mean i know that i saw her in Dear White People. Oh, she was in the new Candyman. That's right. Mm. And um, she was in If Beale Street Could Talk as well. But yeah, I, I mostly remember her from, um, from from Dear White People. She was in Chirac as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, b- basically what you have here is uh, 
what the, what they discover sort of unwittingly discover is that they're the whole neighborhood is being experimented on they're they're subtly putting mind control chemicals and um things in pretty much every like aspect of of their lives of the people in this like kind of small um community and it's like a it's like a kind of a low income community and and what you have here is like they're they're sort of exploiting the the black people they're they're experimenting on them it's not unlike what we did with crack really in real life it's good. It, yeah it's definitely it's definitely using that as kind of like the jumping off point and just being like how about everything yeah and it's like always and it's like all like kind of the stereotypical things like the like the hair like the hair straightener stuff and the the music on the radio is is like sort of has its own kind of subliminal like hypnosis type thing and you have um even even in church they're they're giving out like the the drink in church that's controlling people and then of course the the fried chicken is tainted with the stuff. And what you have is like these three characters who discover this like lab where they're producing this stuff and decide, you know what, (laughs) we got to put a stop to this. And the whole thing is, is sort of run by uh, sort of, sort of run by Kiefer Sutherland, which was a surprise. I didn't know he was in this. So did not either. When he popped up, I was like, Oh shit. He's... And it took me a while though because like it looked like him. I'm like, that's Keith or Sutherland. It's got to be. But then the voice, I'm like, maybe it's not. <laughs> Just like, but it has to be. Yep. Uh, yeah, I I had a really good time with this. Uh, I love the score. Uh, it has really good music in it. I love the look. This is shot on film, as far as I can tell, and it, it has almost this kind of seventies. That was grindhouse I wanted, vibe. I wanted to point that out that it's it has that throwback feel to it, and even a lot of the like the production design and everything. The cars, yeah, the cars, yeah, the, the costumes, clothing. like everything feels very vintage. It is kind of surprising to me. Like I think that it probably would have been cooler if they did just set it in the seventies. That that might have been cooler, but. I don't no, know. I think maybe it would have been too hard. Yeah. Maybe. I think it works out this way because it's far more interesting because it has that throwback feel and it has that mix of genres where it's like pulpy. It has some black exploitation vibes to it, but it's also like sci-fi. It's just a nice, interesting mix of genres and styles and stuff. Yeah. And and it does look great. I mean, like I did, I liked how like even the technology that they're using in this is old, like the, like the intercom system and stuff like that. And when, when you're in the lab, the lab looks old, uh, like large portions of it. It's yeah, it's a great looking movie. It has a very distinct visual style, which I liked. It doesn't look too glossy. Like, like so many other movies these days. It, it feels genuine. Um, yeah, I mean, this was was definitely 
a surprise for me. I didn't like, I saw the trailer for this, uh, like a couple months ago and I was like, wow, I, this kind of came out of nowhere for me. I'm a hundred percent into this idea, but at the same time, I still went into it, not really knowing what to expect. I knew a few of the actors in it. Wasn't familiar with the director at all. And again, you have that Netflix thing where you're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I didn't notice what the runtime was going into it either. So that, that I wasn't familiar with. This is a, this is a debut, a feature debut from Jewel Taylor. That's wild. I know. Cause it's, it's, I mean, it's a very, uh, it's a very tight debut. A lot of times when you, you know, you have a, a debut, from a from a director a feature debut maybe someone who's done music videos or shorts in the past they tend to put throw throw everything into their feature debut and it ends up being too just slightly messy because there's just so much there's so much style because you know you have these directors that are just itching like they have so much creativity in them that they just end up throwing it all on the screen but this was all very very paced very deliberate um it it didn't it didn't feel like it was too much it didn't feel like one of these kind of kitchen sink debuts it was all very astute yeah and again the like the world building everything about this conspiracy and the layout of it and everything it's so well thought out yeah it's i mean it's incredibly intriguing too like the first time they get to the lab you're just i mean it definitely hooks you. I, I mean, even like the first time there when he when he wakes up after that initial incident, you're just like, oh, OK, all right. Something cool's going on here. And I, and I also feel like it almost lends itself to a sequel, which I think would be uh, like this. This could easily you could easily franchise this. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. it, it, there's there's a lot of opportunities here because, as you said, the world building is is so good, and I feel like they don't go super deep into all of the different explanations of this, like what this conspiracy is. So I feel like that there's a lot of room that they could expand uh, oh, yeah. on this world, and man, as long as they keep those same characters, I'm a hundred percent on board because i i was just uh i was loving it yeah i yeah i slick charles <laughs> slick I charles it, it, <laughs> really really he really, really is really is incredible. james fox is so fucking good in this movie i just something about him thumbing through the the nancy drew books and just him <laughs> feeling <laughs> I'm interested in i actually wrote I wrote that down. That is the only thing I wrote down uh, about this movie because I didn't want to forget to mention him saying, how many adventures this bitch been on? It was so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's it's great. And you have David Allen Greer's in here, too. Plays a little Mm -hmm. cameo, which I thought was fun. But, uh, yeah, yep. Highly recommend... They clone Tyrone. If you if you have Netflix, uh, check it out. It's one of the few Netflix original uh, movies that that I think really really hits. 
Like th- yeah. this year for Netflix originals, I feel like it's been very weak. Like I, I'm, I'm struggling to oh, yeah. think of any other Netflix movies that I really liked this year. There, no, I can't think of any. I'm not saying there weren't any, but I, I can't think of them. And uh, but this one is this one is excellent. So check it out. Uh, they clone Tyrone. Let's go ahead and give it a score. I'm high on this one, man. I'm like, I'm at like an eight on this. I think I give it an eight as well. Yep. I think this is the, this is the most fun I've had this year for movies, you know, from this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, all right, let's move on. Talk about some of what we've been watching. Kevin, I believe it is your turn this week. Okay. I watched close encounters of the third kind. Oh, okay. You're Spielberg. Doing some of the Amblin, dipping your toes into some Amblin stuff. Yeah, which this is kind of wild to me that I haven't seen this because I'm kind of not necessarily obsessed, but I'm I'm really into like UFO media, you know, mm-hmm. movies about UFOs, that kind of thing. So I'm like, well, fucking hell, I have not watched Close Encounters yet. Got to do it. I mean, this this movie might have a whole new meaning after, I think it's this week, right, that they're doing those hearings on the oh, UFOs? Shit. Oh, boy. So, Watch out now. who knows? We, we might learn some big stuff. So, I, I mean, I think there's a part of that going into this that I might have, like, hyped it up a bit too much. You know what I mean? Because, like, before I even watched it, I was just like, well, this is definitely going in. This is going to be, like, the best UFO movie of all time. It has to be. It's just going to be up there, right? Coming off the heels of my Jaws rewatch for, you know, like the 27th time. So I'm riding high with Richard Dreyfus, I'm riding high with Spielberg. Mm-hmm. I'm already in the UFO mood. Bob Balaban in there. Come on. So this was pretty exciting. It was a little bit of a letdown. Not a huge letdown. I still enjoyed myself, but I don't know. I just it felt like it was missing something. I I have a little bit of a hot take. I'm not a huge fan of Close Encounters. My dad loves this movie, but when I first saw this as a kid, I was yeah. just like, okay, like it's well, I, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I and that's kind of how I was. Like there was the look of it is great. Oh yeah, it's something that I feel like you don't really see anymore in terms of just like the scope and just like the scale of the movie like when they go to india and you have all the people like you know doing the chanting and the camera pans out and they're going up the hill and it's just like it's huge you know it's all these things some of the effects work looks fucking incredible some of it looks kind of hokey you know it being 1977 and all but you know i think some of that adds to the charm of it and just i think the ship ship holds up like yeah the, the design of the ship I thought that was an interesting choice to go with it, just kind of being lights. Mm-hmm. So I think that choice ends up aging really well because they're just lights. You know what I mean? There's still that like all to it and that little bit of mystery. So I'm kind of torn. Like I, I kind of enjoyed it, but it also was just kind of like, man, I was expecting something bigger. Mm-hmm. I just thought that this was going to be like a, you know, a new like absolute favorite. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I didn't love it as much as I think a lot of other people did. So, 
And I don't know why, but Bob Balaban makes me think of your dad. Um, I th- I can kind of see it. I can kind of see the the similarities there. Just if Bob Balaban was angrier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a short fuse. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of rage simmering under. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bob Balaban's a little bit, a little bit too soft spoken. Just a bit. Uh, cool. So that's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, I have another one here that if you if you liked they they cloned Tyrone, that it might be worth a look because it's it's got s- some similar vibes and that's the blackening from Tim Story. Oh yeah. So this is out on VOD now, um, and uh, I had a really good time with this one. It's a lot of fun. It, this is a horror comedy. It, it kind of takes the the whole the the trope of. Um, you know, the one black character in a har- in a slasher movie always getting killed, you know, immediately. And it, it kind of, so it takes that trope and just opens it wide and presents you with an entire, it, it's a slasher movie, but the entire cast is comprised of black actors and it, the, the, the slasher, the, the killer is like sort of playing a game with these, with these people and like forcing them to like asking them questions about like horror movies and stuff. So there's, there's uh, a little bit of like the kind of scream style, like meta commentary in there. Um, It's, it leans way more heavily on the comedy side than the horror side. However, it's, it doesn't it's not like spoof territory that's one of the things that i was a little bit concerned about going into it because the trailers while made it look good i was a little bit concerned that it was going to go too too much into like the scary movie side of things and be be like a goof spoof basically it's not it's it's just a horror comedy so it's actually very funny um i liked the 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 amount of comedy in it. I thought that it actually was a pretty decent balance. Um, and it, there's just a lot of fun moments. So yeah, I definitely recommend the blackening. I think it's a good, it's a really good time. I think that, that it does have its problems. You know, not all the jokes land. They are pretty rapid fire with, with the jokes. Um, and then the, like the, when, when the killer is revealed and stuff, first of all, it's not all too surprising. And second, it's just not that interesting. Um, it feels Mm -hmm. like the, the justifications of the killer just don't really feel like there's a lot of weight to them or anything. Um, also I feel like what they did with, um, Jermaine Fowler's character was annoying. Unfortunately, I like Jermaine Fowler a lot, but the, the, the character that they had him play was, a little bit too over the top. So, um, hmm. but I still give it a light recommend the blackening. I think, I think you would like it, Kevin. Yeah. I'm going to have to check this one out. And I'm glad that you said that. Cause I did, I did kind of feel that with the trailer that I was like, mm, this feels like a spoof territory. Yeah. It, fortunately it, it doesn't, it's just Good. like a, it's, it's a pretty, like normal um, horror comedy. Okay. Well, we're going to go to a completely different arena with the next movie I'm going to talk about, which is Jonathan Davies' 
topology of sirens. This has been on my uh, most anticipated list, I think, like three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. And it finally came out on movie. And I think I even said numerous times, like, this is this feels like a movie film. Mm-hmm. Like, this should be a movie release. And guess what? They finally listened to me, and they released it. And, man, it did not disappoint. This was exactly what I was looking for. Just kind of has that, like, lazy, kind of laid-back, like somewhat of a mystery film it takes place in in and around los angeles but it's kind of like the more like nature areas of los angeles kind of has like a pacific north northwest feel to it they're like all the all the frames are very verdant very green just lush with you know plant life and everything it's got a lot of like uh experimental music more like ambient type stuff and it's just this very low mystery this woman moves into her i think it was her aunt's house she finds a hurdy-gurdy in a closet there's a little compartment in it opens up there's some mysterious micro cassettes and she just tries to you know decipher what's on these cassettes and it just leads her kind of on like the scavenger hunt in and around all these all these areas and she's got a kind of like like puzzles but it it has kind of like a um I almost want to say the like the atmosphere, the pacing kind of feels like a Kelly Wright. Cool. So uh, that is Topology of Sirens. I didn't know that this came out. Um, I had no idea. Me either. I just happened to be on movie the one day, and I was like, oh, hold up. I'll definitely have to check this out. Um, okay. The next thing I saw was Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, what a what a title here um this movie's great i expected that it would be fun but uh for me this was probably the best mission impossible it was definitely better than the last two i would say maybe even better than the last three mission impossible movies uh i always have fun with these movies like i don't find them super memorable or anything like that but as far as just like fun popcorn action flicks like these are i mean you just can't beat these really this one is just huge like the the set pieces in this are insane i mean it feels like you're watching a video game really um yeah it's long as hell this movie's like two hours and 45 minutes long and it's part one so it it leaves you sort of on a major cliffhanger and, um, I mean, I guess that's, that's sort of a complaint, but not really because, uh, you don't feel the length. I saw this in the theater and, and you just definitely do not feel the length because it's moving at such a breakneck pace that you're just, it, it doesn't give you time to like really kind of process how long you've been sitting there. Um, but it, it's great. I definitely recommend it. It's, uh, probably one of the 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 best in the like more recent entries i I can't really know how many of these movies there are at this point like six or eight or something yeah this oh looks like maybe this is the seventh okay yeah could be sounds sounds right yeah that's insane yeah i mean they're all they're all decent like they're all pretty good 
And this this one is pretty great. Yeah, I've been meaning to catch up with these. I only saw the first one. I never watched any of the others. The second one is probably the weakest of of all of them. That's um, probably why my interest dropped. And then and then from from there they just kind of increase in just how crazy they are and this one is just there's some i'm telling you the set pieces in this are just so wild super fun really fun like there's like a shootout in a sandstorm so like the sandstorm plays a big part in it oh man there's like this crazy train scene where they're like part like the trains falling off of a, a blown up bridge and they're like trying to race because each car is like falling one by one, and oh, I kind of saw that. That looked like which mode? It's like Uncharted. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. The exact, it's, it's the <laughs> yeah, same. yep. It is pretty much the exact same as Uncharted, but it's still really fun. Incredible. Uh, that's all I have. It's just those two. All right, I'll uh, I'll rattle off some some other ones here uh, quickly. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I definitely recommend it. I'm so tired of Marvel movies, but for some reason, this one, it this doesn't feel like a Marvel movie to me. It feels like its own kind of standalone, just like a sci-fi, you know, space opera type movie. Um, this one, I think, is, is far better than Volume 2. Uh, th- th- I loved the visuals in this one, like super bright, vibrant colors, really interesting creature design and the, the, the planets that they go to. Um, th- it's, it's definitely, um, worth a look. Uh, I saw God is a bullet. That's the one that I mentioned earlier, uh, when we were talking about Jamie Foxx, this movie's absolutely bonkers. I didn't know what to expect from this. I just thought it was going to be kind of a crime thriller didn't see any trailers or anything all i knew is that it was like supposedly based on true events um and it was based on a novel of the same name this is directed by nick cassavetes and um it stars michael monroe and nicolaj colster waldo and this movie is absolutely nuts this is a super long movie too it's over it's like two and a half hours long and it's just the sprawling over the top gory crime thriller about uh, this satanic cult that uh, kills this guy's ex-wife and kidnaps his daughter in order to um, turn her basically sex traffic her. And he's a, he's a cop and he teams up with this former cult member played by Mike Monroe to go get revenge and retrieve his daughter. So, so it's, it's a revenge thriller at the end of the day. And the way that they murder these, these Satan, this, this Satan cult is, Oh, it's so over the top. Like I did not expect, uh, the level of gore that you see in this movie. And, and when you were like texting me, kind of like the play by play color commentary, (laughs) it just increasingly got more batshit insane. Like, the, the snake like you started off low and just like escalated with each text and i'm just like this it can't be real like he's making this up yeah there's there's like a scene where one of the cult members uses a rattlesnake as a weapon and what they do is they in, they inject crank into a rattlesnake to get it all riled up and then 
basically uh, use it to try to kill Nikolaj Colster Waldo, and it bites him like ten times. It bites him in the throat. It bites him in the face. I mean, it's it's wild. This movie is is it's not necessarily good. I wouldn't call it good, but uh, because it it is messy as all get out. I mean, this movie is a goddamn mess, but it's still pretty. It's still something to to behold. So I don't I don't know. Maybe a, maybe a light recommend for it. Um, and the final one that I'll mention is Diabolic. This is the the new one that came out, directed by uh, Antonio Minetti and Marco Minetti. And you know, it's a sort of a sequel to the original Mario Bava film, Danger Diabolic, and. Um, this was man, what a massive disappointment. I love Danger Diabolic. I think it's maybe my favorite Bava film. I don't know. I just I love it. I love the the look, the style. It it's just such a great movie. Um and this this movie it captures a lot of the visual style. Like this movie looks really good. Um they did a really good job of sort of capturing the 60s Italian film aesthetic. I mean, it, it looks very, they did a good job of making it look authentically sixties. Um, and, and like a lot of this, like the costumes are great. The sets are great. Um, the way that it's shot looks very Bava esque. Um, the lighting's not on the same level as what Bava would do, but you know, aesthetically looks good. Um, where this movie f- falters big time is in the, the narrative. It's so boring. Like the, this movie is so dry. There's like a couple cool heists, but for the most part, it's just so, so dreadfully boring. And, and it's just such a huge disappointment because like, you can see the potential there. Like, the, like it's it's almost yeah. like all the pieces are there, but they just couldn't put it put it all together. Like even the like the cast is good too. I mean, the guy that they got to play Diabolic, I'm not familiar with him, but I, I think it's is it Luca Luca uh, Marinelli. Not really familiar with him. He was fine, but like everybody else was just so good. Miriam Leone, like, but man, like it just took me so long to get through this because it's just so boring to me. And they're, they're making an, this, these same guys, uh, these are, these are brothers that directed this. They, they have a new one that's coming out. Um, so I don't know, maybe I'm hoping that they are going to make things a little bit like pick up the pace a little bit, man. Cause the pacing in this movie is just so off. Like it is just, whew. Yeah, yeah, that's the last thing a diabolic movie should be. Yeah, it should not be boring. It, it, it dude, all. it is so dry. I mean, it's cool. Like, I like Diabolic as a character because you don't see too many antiheroes, and I mean like real antiheroes these days. And Diabolic is like a hundred percent antihero. This is a guy that you're rooting for. You want him to succeed, and he's literally just killing people. Like, he just kills people. And yeah. like innocent, innocent people. Yeah. He's just a fucking asshole. Yeah. Through he, and through. It, it, he's not very, he's like not a nice person. He's selfish. He, 
indiscriminately murders people. There's a scene where he gets arrested in this and he ends up uh, creating a mask of someone and then swapping places with them. So, so basically this person is wearing a diabolic mask and he is executed by via guillotine and so diabolic Damn. switch swaps places with him and this guy gets his head chopped off um so yeah like diabolic is just such an asshole but it's designed for you to want to see him like pull off the heist and <laughs> get away which i think is really funny i mean that's how the bava one was too love it yeah so anyway uh i don't really i can't really recommend it man like Maybe, maybe like watch some clips or something on YouTube just so you can see what it looks like. Cause it does look great. I mean, I, I love the cinematography and stuff, but man, it was just a slog. Mm, that's a bummer. Yeah. Hopefully the new one will be good. <laughs> uh, I think that that one's supposed to be out this year. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. Sympathy for the devil. What? That's the one with old Nick Cage and Joe Kinnaman. I think that's really the only the only one that I'm seeing. It's getting a wide release. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'll check out Sympathy for the Devil, but not in theaters. Like, that. that is strictly that's a VOD. VOD. Yeah. That, <laughs> that is a VOD movie. Come on. I mean, that is like the most quintessential VOD movie I think I've ever seen, so... <laughs> Trying to pull a fast one. Yeah. Crazy. On VOD this week, uh, let's see. We have... What's today? The 23rd? So we're starting with the 25th. We have Holiday, which looks like some kind of horror movie. We've got Justice League War World. War, War World. <laughs> I feel like maybe maybe it's just me, but to me that feels like a tongue twister. That's like rural juror. War Justice League War World. War World. War World. Uh, and it's like one word too. So it's What? War War World. I don't know why. That's I find that to be very funny. Uh I've got Once Upon a Time in Uganda coming out. That's a documentary about uh, Wakaliwood, so probably definitely going to check that out. Big fan of Wakaliwood as, uh, as you are. Resident Evil Death Island. It's an animated mm. one. Got, uh, let's see. On the 28th, we have War Pony. We got For the Animals. Sons of Summer. Susie Searches. What is that? Like a th crime thriller, maybe? We got The Mistress, Shrapnel, and Sympathy for the Devil. Okay, so so Sympathy for the Devil is getting a VOD release also. Yeah, come yeah, on. That's, that's more like it. That's more like it. On Blu-ray this week... Uh, oh, sorry, I forgot about looking at Netflix. Let's see if anything's coming out on Netflix. Paradise is coming out. Uh, I'm not really familiar with that. Is that Ben Affleck? In the poster? Is that a, is that is Ben? Am I looking at Ben here? No, nah, I don't think ben? so. No, nah, that's not Ben. From like the uh 
like little minimized thumbnail of the poster. It looks like it might have been Ben, but it's not. It w- it w- it's called Paradise. Yeah, Paradise. Paradise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clever yeah, title. It's a clever title. You don't get anything on Letterboxd. Typed in Paradise here. Numerous Paradises, but it's like 1991, 1984, 1982. Well, it, it, it looks pretty generic from the poster anyway. Who knows? Maybe it's incredible. I literally never heard of it. So, uh, we also have happiness for beginners. And then, uh, both of those were on the 27th. And then on the 28th, we have ladybug cat noir, the movie ladybug and mm-hmm. ladybug and cat noir, the movie. No, oh, of course. So mm, it's an animated film. So, uh, Blu-ray this week, we got the boogeyman coming out in 4k. That's the 1980. One, there's a lot of boogeyman movies, including one that's, including one that's like coming out very soon. Yeah, lots of boogeyman's. Uh, the one that I saw from the '80s, not this one, interestingly, uh, was pretty good. Uh, let's see, we yeah. got the uh, sorry, we have Undefeatable from from 1993. That's going to be on 4K. Night Screams from 1987. Get a 4K release. We got Villages of the Damned. Is this a wait? Is a box set or a no? What is this? It includes the Forest of the Wolf, Beatrice, and the Sky is Falling. I'm not familiar with those. This is a Vinegar Syndrome release. World War Z coming out in 4K. Needful Things from 1993 coming out in 4K. Looks like they're re-releasing that. The 2014 Ninja Turtles movie. All right. Got to got to cash in on that. People want, people wanting to revisit the franchise. Sure do. What is this? Venture Venture Bros. Radiant is the blood of the baboon heart. Uh huh. This is a this is a movie. Yeah, that isn't there. They have a movie coming out on HBO. Oh yeah. On Max, I was totally not familiar with this at all. It's wow. interesting because I saw that the movie is coming out, but this is what Max is doing, right? So they have that movie coming out, but they're also getting rid of Venture Brothers, <laughs> the show from Max, so you can't watch the show. And the best part is, is the creator of Venture Bros didn't find out, except on Twitter. When they're like, hey, we're getting rid of it. And he's like, what? That don't make sense. <laughs> so Max is fucking killing it, like always. <laughs> mm. That doesn't make any sense at all. Warner Brothers is putting out this movie. Do they not own the IP? I mean, like, I, I thought all the Adult Swim shit was on Max. Is that not? I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> what? Like, it's not like, like, fruit. They don't have enough bandwidth. Okay? Like they have it's either the movie or the show. Pick one. <laughs> one or the other. Like they have, I know that, that Max has Rick and Morty. So what, what's, what is the sense in that? This Plus, is, there, a, can only, there can only be one. There can only be one brothers. You could either get venture brothers or property brothers. That's it. <laughs> well, <laughs> one or the other. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well. Uh, well, either way, I was. This is the first time learning about this movie, and I'm very excited for it because I love Venture Brothers, and like 
it's it's such a it's such a great series, but we get like one season every ten years. It, it yeah. takes those guys so long to make a new season. But man, well, see now man. I want to go back and revisit this whole series. Is it well, yeah. is it gone? It is is it's currently gone or it's leaving? Ah, that's a good question. That is a good question. I'm gonna pull up Max right now while you list other movies. Okay, do you do that? We got So I Married an Axe Murderer from 1993. That's coming out in 4K. Team America is getting a new Blu-ray release. Uh, Blood Money, four classic westerns. That's uh, getting that's an Arrow box set. Got Shame from 1988. Mm-hmm. Uh, how- still on there. Okay, good. I'm gonna try to try to cram all those in before uh, they pull pull the plug. We got yeah no I'm, not, I'm never gonna be able to watch all those uh spacked out from 2000 we got well actually I, I probably don't need to watch like the first two seasons because I've seen those so many times like I know those by heart anyway we got that Resident Evil movies coming out on blu-ray also the one that's um, the new animated one that I mentioned magic cop from 1990. Uh, well, I'm intrigued in this one. This, this, see, now you have titles like I already forgot Paradise, you know, like generic ass titles, and then you have Magic Cop. Yeah, come on. Here's the t- you want the tagline? You want me to hit you with the tagline? Yeah, do it, do it. It's Magic Cop 1990. All right, he's a modern day devil hunter, he's a master of the martial arts. He's dot 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 Mr. Vampire exclamation point. Come on. Former cop rejoins the police department to investigate a drug ring that employs ghosts and vampires. Are you kidding? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> oh my god. Yes, please. I know what I'm gonna be watching this week. Magic cop. Christ. This is why I love going over the Blu-rays. Because because th- these days, Blu-ray releases are, are just crazy, crazy movies like Magic Cop. Yeah, it's by the guy who did Contract Killer with Jet Li. Oh, I, I like that movie. That's a good movie. Uh, all right, we have Graveyard Alive from 2003. We got The Outwaters from 2022. Huh, that's got a cool cover. Um, oh my, my wife wants to see that. It, it looks, the, the cover is very disturbing. Um, let's see what else we have here. Midnight Spares from 1983. Uh, looks like uh, Wakaliwood. There's like a, looks like maybe some sort of box set, like a Wakaliwood box set. Let's see what this includes. It's the Super Super Action Volume 1. Mm. It includes Who Killed Captain Alex and Bad Black. But, but on the cover, it has the, isn't the, is the one... On the cover, it says some. It has somebody wearing an Ebola hunter. What was the? Wasn't there like an Ebola one that they did? Mm. Can't remember. Anyway, feel like there is. Either way, Bad Black and Who Killed Captain Alex are awesome. So that's that's worth worth picking up. Swamp Thing from 1982. Getting a. I feel like this Blu-ray list is massive this week. Holy cow. Matt Heidi from 
earlier this year. Shadow of Death from 1969. Um, you know what? That's that's all we'll we'll do for now. That's pretty much all the big ones. What about Criterion's? Seemed like a longer list than usual. Yes. Well, we got one Criterion. That's Carl Franklin's One False Move. Bill Paxton, Billy Bob Thornton, and Cinder Williams. Putting that on my watch list. Nice, yeah, that, that that's good. That looks, that does look good. It does indeed look good. All right, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and filmpulsekevin. If you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That'd be great for Kevin Rakestraw. My name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.